You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome back to Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast empowering chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and remote workers, and the only podcast of its kind in existence. We are desperately hoping nobody else jumps on this bandwagon. We kind of like it up here. Thanks to the Good Men Project for supporting our mission and our message to help more people in our very special community. We are going to be establishing a social interest group call that will discuss finding success with disability and chronic illness through GMP. Details about that will be coming up shortly, both here on the podcast and on sickbiz.com. Today, I want to ask you to do me a favor, and that is to text SICKBIZ to 36260 to get the resources that we work very hard to bring you right to your phone, meaning you can actually find freelance work or work for your business through our job board provided by our secretary, the gorgeous Galena. All her hard work of vetting resources determines you can find an opportunity providing a living wage. You met Lisa Chastain, the millennial money coach, on our last episode with her when we only scratched the surface of why not enough small businesses, and women in particular, are focusing on making and keeping money. She's been featured on NBC.com, MSN, Fundera, The Street, Blog Talk Radio, and other major media, and is the best-selling author of Girl, Get Your Shit Together, Control Your Money, Live Purposefully, Love Your Life, Adulting Your Way. Please welcome back my brilliant and fearless friend, one of the most powerful women in my tribe, Lisa Chastain. Lisa Chastain is back in our Sick Biz Buzz studio today. We couldn't stay away from you. <laughs> I can't can't stay away from you. I'm I'm like obsessed with everything that you have going on for six six biz. I'm I'm constantly following you on Facebook. It's great. Oh, thank you so much. We're so glad you came back. You're the only person that we've had on where we have discussed money. So let's get the hand spanking out of the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is absolutely such a- Right? It's such a huge part of what we're doing. It's such a driving force and a huge tool in our business. So it sounds like we might be suffering from a little money denial. I I would say absolutely m- many people are. Absolutely. So this <laughs> is, if I do say so myself, an absolutely brilliant lead-in. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Because that's what we're going to talk about today, right? Good job, Hillary. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. I'm telling you what, we're stretching today, man. We are really. um, So we're going to talk about how people convince themselves that they have no issues with money. Mm -hmm. Why are people such big fat liars? Mm. We like to lie to ourselves. I think. We like to, we like, I think that. Uh, was that a question? Did you lead me into a question? I did. Was that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Why are Why are they liars? Um, because we've been taught to lie to ourselves. I would say, as a society, we've been taught to numb out and mm. not be vulnerable. Of course, Brene Brown's one of my favorite authors and and speakers, and 
we, we tell ourselves lies to cope, to get through. I think that's, that's one of the biggest reasons that I see. And so those, that is a negative behavior, obviously, but it's a cyclical behavior too, especially when Mm -hmm. it comes to dealing with money. Yeah. Is it too terrifying to look at the truth about what you're doing or most likely not doing with your money? Sure. It's, it's scary as I'll get out. I, I said, preparing for today's interview, I was thinking, what are the real reasons that people stay in quote unquote money denial? And I made that term up, but we all know what we're talking about there. And um, mm-hmm. I think that first and foremost, the reason we stay in denial, the reason we don't check in is the same reason that by large men don't go to the doctor. <laughs> is that oh my God. Scared. Yeah. It could be nothing. It could be cancer. We yeah. don't know. We it's don't know. Like, it's like we have this tightrope that we're walking in between these two possibilities. What mm-hmm. is it? Is it nothing? Is it money cancer? You know, how? <laughs> is it, how, <laughs> is it like a how, temple? Is it melanoma? Right? Like, right. Exactly. Right. And, yeah. but it's funny because that is not a stretch. And we, we get conditioned into like, if I just bury the truth, you know, I'll get through this day or Mm -hmm. I'll get through this week and then I'll address it. And, and then something comes in like in the case of your business. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times people I think are, are more in tuned with the actions that they need to take to keep the business going. And right. And it's not as intimidating because I can say, all right, I need to take these actions. Every day I write a to-do list, like an old fashioned school marm on, it's just on a piece of paper every day. And I'm connected to that paper and I check it off. And that's kind of my nerdy thing that I do. So I'm comfortable doing that. We get into these (laughs) comfort behaviors. Like it's so easy to say, well, I'm going to write this or I'm going to send this contract or I'm going to do these things. And they don't require us to think about money. We're very comfortable doing anything. I have to go drive my car. I have to get the oil changed. I have to do this. These are things that are acceptable in our lives. For some reason, being proactive about money seems to be connected to the values that you have with it. Like whether you maybe don't deserve it or um, you're too afraid of what you've been doing wrong to Mm -hmm. look at it. Um, or what you're doing right now is working just good enough. And so, you know, like, why should I, are there top lies that we tell ourselves about money? I, I would say that the, probably the number one reason that I see, so specifically, typically I work with millennial women who make great money. So the making the money is not the problem. It's that they don't speak money language. So okay. just like any industry, <clears throat> you're a business owner, you're great at what you do. You're a great writer. You're a great speaker. You're amazing at it. But if you're not well-versed and educated about money, it's like opening up a book, like you're going to Italy and you open up an Italian book and you go, where the hell do I start? Pardon my language. Yeah. Oh, well, you're just going to have to go sit in the back of the room now. <laughs> Talk like 
It's we don't so say that kind of shit on here. <laughs> Even though my book, my book it says, girl, get your shit together, right? Yes, uh, exactly. <laughs> what, you know, for our audience, I was going to be like, girl, get your shot together. We're going to yeah. auto correct it. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say that the number one reason that it doesn't get handled is because it's because you don't know how, and then it's overwhelming. And then it's just, you want to close the book and go do what you're really good at. It's challenging and you don't speak the language. And so I, I would say that's, that's at, going back to your question. Um, I think you said, are there top reasons? And yeah. I would say that's probably the number one reason is that it's, it's too big. It's too scary. You don't know. And then there's shame. Number two, there's shame involved with asking for help. Oh yeah. And what kind of help are you talking about working with someone who's like you, right? Mm -hmm. And saying, here's all my ugliness. Please mm -hmm. tell me I'm not going to jail and fix me. Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> well, yeah, there are layers. There are layers to it. But the financial industry does a pretty good job of making it really intimidating for someone who doesn't know a lot about money to walk in the doors of a financial advising office and say, I need help. Yeah. Um, I would say a, a myth. I talk about this in my sister mentorship with my clients and we dispel this myth. But a big myth is that I have to, well, and for a lot of firms, this is true, not all firms, but I have to have money to get help. I have to have money to invest. It's yeah. a lie. It's a lie. It, but the financial industry doesn't do a whole lot to help it. Because, no. the, you know, every firm is like, oh, well, our minimum is $250,000 to invest. Well, then if you don't have that money to invest with that firm, how are you going to get the help that you need? And so it's a shameful experience that, hey, I have debt. Hey, I can't, I can't hold on to money. I don't know how to save properly. I don't know how to run my checkbook. Well, nobody has a checkbook anymore, but you know, the, <laughs> yeah, the, right. the experience of that. And, uh, and, and they, and so they just stay in this cycle of denial that they're going to, that they can do it on their own. Um, and so I would say that's, that's also another reason, especially for women is that we want to talk about it, but we're scared. Um, and, and we want to appear successful as business owners. So number three, we want to appear successful. So if we go and talk and share our dirty little secrets, what yeah. are people going to say about us? What does that say about our, our integrity as business owners? are we really as successful as we appear to be? It's just this vicious cycle. And it, itself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it feels good though. Like I am bringing on a new CPA and she mm -hmm. is a woman. And the, the person I was working with before was fine, but he seemed to be kind of stodgy, you know, in a mm -hmm. way. So I think it's important that you work with somebody that resonates with you. Their energy feels good. What what they're talking mm -hmm. to you about makes sense. The plan makes sense. Before I talked to her, I was very overwhelmed, and I just kind of mm -hmm. I, I just kind of like money vomited on her, you know, like yeah. that. That sounds like it'd be kind of a funny thing. Like, man, you got money vomited on. That's awesome. No, no it's it. <laughs> <laughs> here it is. <laughs> yep, here it is. And it was like, and so I I just want to tell people if you're listening to this. And you're feeling that shame, and that's super important that you talked about that. That's why you're so good at this, because there's so much an emotion connected to money. Yeah. And so 
we're afraid to wade into that emotion. We're afraid to get vulnerable. We're afraid to, are we afraid to feel hurt by our decisions? We're afraid to feel pain from our decisions. And, you know, and maybe even it'll be like, oh my gosh, did I screw up so badly that I changed my life? Yes. But that's not the case, is it? Like you're dealing, you talk to women who have all kinds of debt and they're still running their business and you help them get out of debt and you help them with these mindset shifts. Mm-hmm. So what's the first step that you take with your clients to show them money denial? The, well, the first, the first thing, so first two things that happen when a new client comes into my world, I, I create a safe space for them to do exactly what you just said, to vomit all over me. Because <laughs> so <laughs> what happens? <laughs> so step one, you get it out, whatever it is. <clears throat> is that someone? Someone told me like, well, you're like a fi- financial therapist, and I said, in a lot of ways, I am. I'm not credentialed, and I don't claim to be. But mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, it's just that first step to sit down because it's in our head, and what's yeah. in our head isn't always true. Right. Right. And it's and there's. And there's, there is zero perspective in our head. Zero. Yeah, absolutely. And so the first thing is just get it out. Get it out. The mm-hmm. second thing is <clears throat> by having someone look at it with you, they, they don't see the, your money the same way. They're, mm. they're completely unattached to it. Unless, you know, of course, if, a, if it's a financial advisor and there are all kinds of people out there who, who want your money, right? They want, it, they want you to invest your money. Some, maybe they have something in it. They have a stake in it. But they can see it unemotionally and help you start shifting or understanding where you're off base in your head. So in your head, when you're looking at money, because you really don't have any perspective, like you're looking at the immediate needs of you and your family when you're looking right. at money. You're not looking at money as a tool for expansion or growth. Not necessarily. No, it really just depends on the situation. Mm-hmm. And I've seen women, women in all kinds of situations. So it really, yes, typically when someone reaches out for help, they're in a lot of pain. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and, and they, you, you mm-hmm. have to get to that place of, which is sad. It's not a proactive thing usually. Usually it's like, oh my gosh, the pain of changing will be less than the pain of what I'm going through. So people pick based on a reduced amount of pain. If that decision is going to lead to less pain, people will typically pick whatever that decision is. Right. Right. Which keeps us in denial. So maybe, exactly. maybe it looks like, and I talk about this in my book about finding the right help because Sometimes what happens is we, we choose a family member or a friend, someone that's a trusted person mm-hmm. who doesn't know how to help you, but you go and you choose that op- option because you want to feel better and you safe, feel better and safe and yep. acknowledged. And, and sometimes that's not always the result that you get, but you choose uh, someone who will maybe sit in the shit with you and kick it up with you. Right. Yeah. Um, who allows you to stay in a victim conversation or who will tell you it's going to be okay. 
that's the lesser painful thing, but you get it out and you're like, okay, I can do this another day. Make mm-hmm. sense? Yeah. You, you, yeah, because you put it off again. It actually, right. it feels like it gives you permission to, to behave poorly, right? right. To keep going <laughs> like, all right, you're behaving poorly, but you know what? That's okay because you don't have to change that today. You can right. do that tomorrow. It's okay. And the effective coaches, and I think of you as a money coach and a therapist because to me, so growing up, we had zero money. Like we just had mm-hmm. none. And so I kind of um, had a resentment around it, I think. Sure. You know, even when even yeah. when it started getting a little better, then I was like, oh, we're uncomfortable. I have to go redecorate the office. I must do it now. <laughs> we have to get this money out of here. I need to get back oh, to my God. comfort zone. <laughs> right. Like, oh, my God. Just, I swear to God, it was like three months. We had a really, really successful three months, like a couple years ago. And my husband and I were both like, well, we got to go shopping all day long. Mm-hmm. That's all we're just going to get rid of it. <laughs> and now we look back and we're like, wow, right. that was so dumb. <laughs> Who knew we had such a fascination with area rugs? That's just stupid. <laughs> And so you have to break out of those patterns. And I think our values, I hate the word right or wrong, except when it comes to something just completely blatant. But you have to break out of those values. We associate the values that we grew up with that, well, these are good values or they're the right values. You what? I'm sorry. I lost you for just a second. Oh, okay. Yeah. So values are not necessarily the right values. They're they're just mm-hmm. what, like what we have embedded in ourselves as we've grown up and said, okay, this is a belief I have. Now it turns into a value and the way that I live my life. So you might have money values and, it, and you feel like, well, I grew up with these. So this is who I am. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean those are your right values for you. That's true. And I think that the, I think that the important shift there is uh, it comes from vision. Mm-hmm. So you'll hear a lot of coaches talk about vision, but it's so important having a vivid vision because yes, we're, we're raised with certain values. For example, my, my, my money values growing up where you don't need money to be happy. Mm-hmm. And my mom taught us that over and over and over again, because we didn't have any money. So we had yeah. to figure out how to <laughs> yeah, right. figure it out you don't need money to be happy. And so I just kept telling myself over and over again that I didn't need that. And my life coach years ago, I said, well, you know, if I can make $30,000 this year, I'm good with that. She looked at me like, why in the world would you limit yourself (laughs) like that? Oh my gosh. No, but I totally get it because you start. And I was like, I never thought of that because. Mm -hmm. It's reachable. It's a reachable mm-hmm. goal that you've put in place for yourself. Like, I can't stretch too far because then, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm going to be squashed or whatever. So your values were that you don't need, need money to be happy. My values were for years. I'm so proud of myself for stretching my money mm. and living on a budget. I'm so proud of myself. I'm, you know, and I had to break out of that. Like, you're going to have to pick something else to be proud of. <laughs> because... <laughs> mm-hmm. You want less stress. Could Wait you until be... I got that bread for 50 cents. 
Woo. Yeah, that's that, yes. You have to switch mm-hmm. it, right? You have to switch it instead of punishing yourself. That's what it felt like. It, it just felt like punishing myself. Like mm-hmm. I was praising myself for punishing myself. If that makes any sense. Sure, sure. It's it's not. Yeah, it's not wrong per se, but it's 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 not moving you in in the direction. So business owners, we I do this money type quiz. It's Robin Crane's money type quiz. I do it with all my clients. And ev- I'm not, I'm not kidding you. Every single client that I work with that's a business owner tests as the top one or two money types of the delusional money type. Because you have to be crazy to want to own a business and run a business. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, a little delusional. Oh my God! Everybody listening right now is not in their head going, "I was yes. crazy." I knew <laughs> people have told me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we go. What am I thinking daily? Why would I put myself under this type of pressure or stress? Why? It's our vision. It's our vision. It's addictive. It's also it, is. it, it really is like I made it yesterday. I can do it again today. I'm going to do the same thing. And this time I'm going to, right, exactly. So let's talk about the new habits Mm -hmm. that we're implementing. If you want to be a moonpreneur, what Mm -hmm. is, what are, let's go top three habits that you need to implement. First and foremost, I wrote these down. You have to be, you have to own it a hundred percent. You have to be in a responsible conversation. And you have to say, I am the only one that will turn this around for myself on it. Mm-hmm. And I think I have that. That's kind of my, like the thought of my next book is you have to own it. And that, that word is representative of everything. Owning what you want in life, owning your business, owning the four, you know, the, the vision, and you have to own your money situation. That, that word has multi-definitions. Absolutely. Most of it, it reminds me of Nike's slogan, just do it, whatever it happens to be. You have to own it. You have to own your business, but you also have to own your behavior and your money behavior and your business behavior, your priority behavior. All of it. All of it. There's a, there's a moment, all of it. There's a moment in Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Eat, Pray, Love, that I just love where she says she was on the bathroom floor crying, sobbing. Because she realized that she couldn't live this life anymore. But she also realized in that moment that there was no one else that was going to get her out of it but herself. And it's so empowering. It's so mm-hmm. empowering to get there. It's so mm-hmm. it's so vulnerable. Like it is just knee buckling vulnerability. Because mm-hmm. if you're if you're not reduced, and I don't want to say reduced, but if you don't find yourself on the bathroom floor. Mm-hmm. Because your emotions have overwhelmed you. I mean, don't physically have to go on the bathroom floor, but emotionally, you're on the bathroom floor. You're mm-hmm. at the ground level. This mm-hmm. is where we are now. So if you don't own it, you can't make it better. If you don't own it, you'll stay in denial and you'll mm-hmm. stay right where you're at. Or yep. worse. Or exactly. worse until the universe does, a, does something for you. <laughs> the universe will be like, yeah. And I had an old friend that um, would hide her mail from herself. Mm-hmm. She would hide it. She would put it in this big um, brown grocery bag. 
Mm-hmm. And it would just be full of this mail for months and months. And I would say, why are you? And I mean, of course, you're going to have a panic attack when every three months you clean out your mailbox. Of course. You know, it's it's like every day. Digest what needs to be done every day. You don't need to be a crazy freak about it. Like, you don't, you know, like you don't need to be one of those people that's scrubbing the floor with a toothbrush about your money. But, no. you no. know, like you should put your laundry in the wash once a week. You know what I mean? Like you like we need to keep up with these things and stay on top of it. So first is own it. Yep. Second is what you know really it's I teach my clients this is that if we try to tackle it all at once yeah we will we will overwhelm ourselves and so the best thing to do is take it one step at a time but acknowledge in in it as a part of owning it that you cannot do it alone nor should yeah. you so nor and should and you and when, a great uh-huh. okay so when we talk about not doing it alone is there shame in that too, like I can't do it by myself, mm-hmm. you know, and other people can do it by themselves. Why can't I do it by myself? Well, women, we, you know, American women in particular, we've got pretty good at having this. I'm a badass conversation. I'm a badass. I'm a boss lady. All these different isms that we say. And I think that in some ways there are some harmful, um, harmful ways of being around those things like, um, that, that we can do it on our own. But when you look at the, the history of women over time, we were never designed to do anything alone. There, there are historically and tribally communities of women who come together and give birth and, and communities of women who come together and celebrate together and take care of each other. And we've lost that. And we have lost that. We've lost it. And it's not that we have to do it on our own. We have to own it. Yeah. But then by finding the right support, we heal. And I firmly believe that we heal, we heal as individuals, we heal as a society, we heal as a planet. I really believe that. And so it's about finding a mentor, finding other women in particular who mm-hmm. will work with you, but not, help, not let you stay in your shit, not let you stay a victim, who will say, okay, let's take your hand and let's, let's move this needle forward one step at a time. And do you think that women are now afraid to trust as well? Is it like uh, trying to find some sort of trustworthy mentor, money mentor? And they're, mm-hmm. and they're just, mm-hmm. you know, in, especially as an entrepreneur, I think it's really challenging to, mm-hmm. to create the circle of people and truly... I don't think that everybody needs like a huge circle. I think you need just a few really good people in your circle. But for women, it seems like they have a harder time because there's some stigma attached to the money industry. Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's an intimidating industry. And that's honestly the reason why I left the industry why I let my licenses go, why I stepped out of wealth management, because I felt like this, this is a much more important conversation where I want to make an impact for, especially for young people to, who, who want help now, um, where I can save them 10, 15, 20 years 
of, uh, of, of what I created. I'm 38 and I'm, I'm dealing with a pile of debt um, mm-hmm. from what I created in my 20s even. And so I'm unwinding it. But absolutely, there, there are stigmas out there and finding the right people, the trustworthy people. They have women, women, if listening to this and men too, it's just really important to be selective. And it's okay to be selective. It's okay to do your research. It's okay to find even just one trustworthy person. Typically, they'll have other trustworthy people in their circle. Yes. And it's okay to walk away. It's Absolutely. okay to say this this energy doesn't feel right. This person's too presumptuous. This person is focused on the wrong thing. I don't want to grow this way. That doesn't feel authentic. It's okay to say that. You yes. know, it, it really, and you don't owe anybody an explanation. You know, you can just, um, you can just say, I'm not ready to move forward at this time. This doesn't work for me. Oprah taught me that and I use it all of the time. All you Oprah have to taught say is, you that work for me. Okay. Yeah, so this doesn't work for me. Okay. So I know we've got a third point, but we have to get back to the Oprah <laughs> thing too. So what's the third point? <laughs> the third point is be willing to face your fear. Okay. Be willing, be willing to face your fear. Okay. Be so, willing. Be willing. Okay. So let's recap these three points. Mm-hmm. You're the only one that can turn this around. Own it. Uh-huh. Own it. Even if you're in a marriage, own it. Even if you're in your business partnership, own it. Ooh. Right? Yeah. And that is a sticky wicket right there. Mm-hmm. But you know what? No one's ever died from being in the sticky wicket. They just no. like they've just gotten really uncomfortable. And the third, what's your third step now? Be willing to face your fear. You have okay. to look at it. You have to step into the fear. It's the only way out. Yeah. You can't keep running from that fear. You can't keep throwing your mail in that brown paper bag. You no. can't run from that mouse and not expect it to turn into a bear. Because... Right. When we run further away and the more distance that we have from something, the greater it becomes in our mind. Oh, it's, it's just, it's, it's, what's the word? Not terror. It's paralyzing. It is paralyzing. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely paralyzing. So we have to make sure that we address it when it is a small little mouse. Hey, that's great, little friend. Let's make this plan together, right? Instead of like, I'm going to throw you meat behind the bars at the zoo. Like, this is a difference. <laughs> well, the truth is, the truth is that um, that because it's our money shit, it's mm-hmm. our money stuff, mm-hmm. we don't know. We don't actually know how big the problem is. But when you, when you come to someone like me, I can look. I have, I've worked with hundreds of clients. I've yeah. seen a lot. And I can tell you okay, this is not as bad as you are making it out to be. And we can do this. We can manage this. I had a phone call to my friend who is an expert, who's in my tribe last week, and she walked me off the ledge, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're going to handle this. And so we, we do. We make mountains out of molehills a lot in our financial lives. We really do. And And this is kind of a new... I think having a money coach and a money therapist is new. 
mm-hmm. that's new for many, many people. It's a different way of looking at money because so many people in the past industry, and I think I told you, I worked for a wealth management company. And this you was, did, yeah. yes, I did. And it was hysterical to me because I had no wealth. <laughs> so I was like, I am a hypocrite showing up to work every day. <laughs> Many are in the industry. Many are in the industry. That's, that's also a sickness in the industry. It is a sickness. And it mm-hmm. just, it, it, there's so many different, um, what are you trying to say it? Like, it's not just a value, but it's, it, people would see something as being beneficial and it would, it would conflict mm-hmm. with what I felt. So they would be like, oh, grandfather. You know, he had mm-hmm. silver bricks in his garage, and I'd be like, I gotta go to lunch. I, they're having a <laughs> thing over here at the salad place, and their salad's like on sale, and I'm really excited about just <laughs> piling up the salad. So, you have a great day, nickel brick guy, whatever. That's so, right, that's right. you know, but so this is a different era for money. A lot of times people would go to their financier or whatever, very non-emotionally. And they'd say, well, we picked out this blue chip stock for you. We picked this out for you. This is how your money's going to move around. It's going to be a very slow growth process, but it's conservative Mm -hmm. and, and it's conservative. So it really doesn't require you to have a lot of emotion about it. And that's, oh, I lost you again. Are you there? Yeah. Okay. I lost you again. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it doesn't work anymore. No, it doesn't. So let's talk about Oprah because that's your mm-hmm. new BFF. What's up? She, yeah, <laughs> she and I, <laughs> well, that's where that's, I'm, I'm manifesting that, right. I'm manifesting it. Exactly. Um, so do you want me to tell you the story of how I manifested it? Okay, so you truly manifested this? Yes, of course we want the story. Holy banana peels, I yes. I did, I did. This is, this is, so this is a little woo-woo, which is outside of the comfort zone of money a lot of times. But uh, we do vision boards, vision, and I, I have a lot of life coaching experience where vision boards really serve a purpose for bringing into your life, speaking into your life what you want, what you desire. And so four years ago, I did a a vision board and I had Oprah's face like smack dab in the middle of the vision board, her big, beautiful face. Yep. And I said, I don't know, you know, I'm not attached to how this looks, but I aspire to be someone like Oprah. That is where I'm headed in the world because I aspire to be someone who has an impact, who can create impact the way that she does. Wow. Um, And then probably it was two years ago when I joined the Femme Mentorship with Robin Crane, I did another vision board and I put a O magazine and a picture of me read like basically a a vision of me reading my own book. Oh my goodness. And I hadn't written a book yet. I hadn't done, I mean, my business was barely off the ground at that point. And, uh, and I got a call. This was probably about six months ago, I don't remember the exact date, but I got a phone call with a message from a woman. She said, hi, I'm so-and-so from this agency. And we'd like to know if you're interested in being featured in Oprah magazine. And you said, stop crank calling me right (laughs) now. (laughs) I did. I had to listen. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did she say Oprah? Or did she say it's like <laughs> Oprah? Or was there some other 
hang on, hang on. Hi. Hey, what? Uh, Oprah? Well, it wasn't just Oprah. It was Oprah Fortune and Entrepreneur Magazine. And oh, so I, I literally okay. listened to it three, four, five, six times. <laughs> <laughs> you still have it on record. You've saved it. Don't lie to I me. Didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. But I had. But I call. I called her back. Yeah. I called her back. Oh. Yep. Oh man. And so you just took off from there. I mean, you've you've done so much for yourself and you've primed yourself for the opportunity also, which is what people need to understand. When yes. you work with somebody like Lisa, a financial therapist, <laughs> well, help you become a moneypreneur, right? When you work with someone like her, you take those proactive steps because and that's preparing for opportunity. One million percent. And if you are not proactive with your money opportunities, then you will not have business opportunities. One of my favorite quotes is you have to act like the person you want to be. You have to have congruent action for the person you see yourself being, which requires risk, which requires stepping out of your comfort zone. Little Lisa from Las Vegas, Nevada when she was 10 and it never thought in a million years that she could be a number one best-selling author, that she could be featured in O Magazine. It's still a pinch me kind of thing, but it's congruent with the vision that I have for myself, which requires a great deal of risk and a great deal of being out on the skinny branches with wobbly legs because I've never done this before and it's really scary but I'm taking congruent action with what I want, which is to create a major impact in the world and to inspire people everywhere to do exactly what we just talked about, get out of denial and start yeah. making things happen and, uh, and start living the life that you really love. You and really you, want. You're, and you're making this happen for more women entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. in fact, because you are the ambassador, one of the ambassadors for the global movement mm -hmm. of Women Entrepreneurship Day. So let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> Same <laughs> thing. I got a call or I think it was an email from someone. She said, hey, I'm Katie. I, I work for this global movement. It's called Women Entrepreneurship Day, hashtag WED. And we are, uh, we are a global movement aspiring to alleviate poverty for women all over the planet. We're represented in over 120 countries worldwide. We celebrate Women Entrepreneurship Day every year at the UN in New York City. And we'd like to know if you would like to be an ambassador for Nevada, which is where I live. And there, you know, there are all kinds of North American ambassadors. And so these are calls that I just know I can't turn down because, again, they're aligned with my vision. How could I say no to something that aligns so perfectly with my vision for who I am aspiring to be? in Las Vegas, in North America, on the planet. It's just, it's really, really cool. And that's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and you know what? It's like opportunity doesn't knock. That's the old saying. Uh -huh. Opportunity doesn't knock, it calls. Because now right. you've had two phone calls where, so people, like, this is what's going to happen. When you prepare yourself for opportunity, your phone's going to start ringing. Yes, And this is amazing because Women Entrepreneurship Day, which is that global movement, the mission is to get women out of poverty or that you believe women will come out of poverty through entrepreneurship. Correct. 
which is incredibly empowering. Correct. Just and listen, yeah. listen to this statistic, Hillary. It is mind-boggling that 85% of the world's wealth is spent by women. Wow. 85%, right? That is incredible. And, it, and when you think of it from the standpoint of there are all different kinds of relationships, too. It's not just a male and female being married. It could be, you know, like it's mothers spending for their children. It's mm-hmm. all kinds of, you know, different relationships that way of single women. But that is crazy. But guess, guess what's on the other side of that? I don't know that men are grumbling about this. I <laughs> no, no ten. So ten percent of the world's wealth is earned by women. Ten percent of the world's wealth is earned by women, but eighty-five percent of women spend it. Eighty-five percent of the wealth is being spent by women. Is being spent by women. That's an astronomical gap. That's huge. Right. What do, what fact do we get out of that then? What I believe is that there is tremendous opportunity for women. Yeah. That 90%, there's a 90% gap. And it's kind of crazy because to to have this delusional component of your personality and be in business for yourself, which we're both two deluded women just talking. <laughs> totally. <laughs> just, hey, crazy town. What's up? Hey, lady. Hey, <laughs> hey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Exactly. So, but it, it's kind of crazy when you think about that. It's mm-hmm. just it, the, the, the gap is immense, but I love that you came at it, not from a scarcity standpoint, you came at it from the standpoint of look at how much opportunity there is. And as one of those delusional women, I wouldn't change this. Like when you tap into that power mm-hmm. to live your own life and to make your own decisions, your own financial decisions, your own life decisions, every single day is a day that unfolds in front of you with opportunity. Yeah. And once you get into that, you'll never go back. It's really, really hard, and I and I'll and I'll be straight up honest. There, there's probably not one day that I go, why, why? Let me. I just need to go get a job, <laughs> right? It's scary. It's I did scary. that. <clears throat> I did I'm that. Sing, I'm a single mm-hmm. mom. I'm a business owner. I have employees. I've got people relying on me. It is not comfortable. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'm like, no, wait, what am I thinking? No. Okay. Moving on, moving forward. Moving on, moving forward, being proactive and even taking it a moment at a time. Mm-hmm. Even saying, you know what? I'm okay for the next 20 minutes. I'm okay for the next hour. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like stopping an addiction. Like I'm uh-huh. quitting smoking. <clears throat> I'll get to five o'clock today. All right. Great. Yep. I did. I did it. I did it. Okay, great. Excellent. I'm going to take a little dinner break, then I'm going to go back at it. And it's interesting because um, you don't need, initially, anyways, you don't need this long-term vision when you start. You can truly go that way, like segmenting it out and saying, I'm okay now, I'm okay now, I'm okay now. And then eventually it'll be like, oh, 
I've been doing this for three years. And so why would I start worrying about my business going backwards? Sure. Because you're proving it to yourself every day that you can do it. Exactly. You know? mm-hmm. So one, one final question for you. What is one simple way that people can stop losing money today? They can stop spending it on stupid shit. <laughs> let's define stupid shit. Yeah, that's not very clear, right? <clears throat> As my editor, you're like, okay, what does that really mean? Yeah, um, I can't turn it off. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the meaningless frivolous spending on things that have and have and give no value to your life. And this is the coaching that I give frequently to my clients because I have um, on-demand coaching for my clients who join the sister mentorship. And in a moment, I ask them to stop and think about, does this purchase, do these shoes, does this coffee, whatever it is that is in front of me today, add value to my life? And if the yeah. answer is no, don't buy it. Is it better than, let's talk about things that, that are some better alternatives. So instead of buying that designer bag, what do you think about somebody joining one of those? It's like a share, you know, like it's a designer share circle or whatever. So you can trade back and forth out of this like big kitty of purses or shoes or a wardrobe or something like that. And you just kind of trade in and out. What do you think about doing something like that? Sure. I think that the the, the distinction of the conversation is why do you need the handbag in the first place? Okay. This is a little more difficult than I thought it would be. I'm going to have my, I'm putting myself out there. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't remember where I saw this. It must, it might've, maybe it was on a Ted talk or something or a comedian had said it, but why, why do we buy women? This is a question and men listening. You're like, yes, this is so true. Like, why are we buying designer handbags? It's not to impress our men. They don't care what kind of handbag we have. They, they don't care at all. We do it to one up each other, to show competitiveness to show we're successful. That's what keeps poor people poor is that they're they're And this, this is deeper, way, way deeper than you would initially think that. Why do we need that handbag? Why do we need to prove that we're successful? Why do we need to prove anything at all in the first place? What's important about it? I'm not saying that it's not important. I'm just saying, ask that question of yourself first. Yeah, I think that's a good question to ask. And it mm-hmm. keeps you, it keeps you really honest as I sit next to my designer handbag. Uh-huh. Yes, that's, <laughs> I took, um, one of my first business trips after getting sick. And I think that's how I justified it because I was like, I'm not going to drag my target purse all over the place. I need to look somewhat put together, but I didn't have to go that big. You know what I mean? Like I didn't no. have to go that crazy. I could have gone something that was a little less crazy. But I, you know, like I also justified the purchase that way too. Like I am actually 
getting out and taking a risk. And so I deserve this. I think a lot of people, a mm-hmm. lot of people say that to themselves. I'm doing this because I deserve another it. Another way. It is, it is another justification, isn't it? It's another way we stay in denial. So you are on call for people. So <laughs> yeah. somebody is at the store and they're like, man, I love this. Like I, I need to get these, whatever it is. For me, it, it's graphic t-shirts. I know that's crazy, but they add up. Let me tell you what. they When you've got five in your cart, they add up. And I can't write them off yet. So, yes, I'm still spending. Man, this is like a confessional. But so you're. (laughs) I love it. So somebody can actually call you and be like, I'm standing in the aisle. Um, I'm looking at the spandex and the and the rhinestones and I'm feeling an urge like you and some and you'll answer the call. I, I will. I will. I'll answer the call. And another example of that, let's just say it doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't have to be clothing. It doesn't have to be Target. I had a client who was feeling financially insecure and her first inclination was to go take money out of her 401k. Okay. So because yeah. she knew immediately that would serve her purpose and help her to start feeling more secure, even though it was borrowing against her future. She didn't have cash in the bank. And she was feeling like having money in the bank would make her feel more secure. And she, and so we, I said, no, stop. Let's talk through this. Let's think through this. So sometimes I'm not giving advice. I'm helping them come to their own process, to their own decision, to learn how to get through those icky moments without hitting the easy button. Yeah, that is so true. Mm-hmm. Doggone it. So there's work to be done when it comes mm-hmm. to understanding our relationship with money. And what people need to understand is this is not going to be easy, but it is going to be life-changing, isn't it? Yes. It will be worth it. Worth it. Excellent. And we want to thank you for providing, for continuing to provide. And people, and I keep telling people about this and And I hope people are calling you and I hope people are availing themselves of what you're offering. But you provide a free 15-minute consultation for SickBiz members. And that that is amazing. And that's on our resources page. And so, and you can find it on the website and you can get it on the app. And there's ways to get in touch with you. And in 15 minutes, I bet that you can help to clarify a lot of things for many people. It is. Clarity Clarity is worth a million dollars, I believe. Mm-hmm. And the, the value of the call is really like, just just own it. That's my invitation for you. Own it. And if I'm not the right person, then I, the right fit, I will, I will do my best to connect you to someone who is the right person. Yeah. Um, but if you're, even if you're not ready to, to, to make the call um, and you know you're dealing with something, uh, you know, reach out, send me an email. Let me know yeah. what's going on. I have other tools. I have a free financial future prediction test. I have a free money type quiz. There are other ways for you to get going on this journey and stay connected to me. But certainly, if you are ready to take action, let's jump on a call. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. I I just love it. And I will provide a link to that, too, when this blog goes up, when this blog, this um podcast blog goes up. I have to, I have to clarify the difference between the podcast and the, and the regular blog. So we'll provide a link for people 
to get started and kind of wrap their wrap their mind around where they're actually their money mind. They got to get in touch with that money mind so we can provide right. those links to get them into that place. I want to thank you so much for being on today, Lisa. You are a heart-centered millennial money coach, moneypreneur, just amazing watching your trajectory. And thank you for sharing your time with us. Thank you for letting me, thank you for having me as a part of your tribe. It's really an honor, Hillary. When is the last time you gave yourself a money makeover? If you are running your own business, the shocking answer might be never. Maybe you scramble every day to keep all the balls in the air. And so there is no time to figure out what the heck is even going on with your money. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that strategy or lack thereof is going to lead you into running a long-lived business? Ask yourself, why haven't you gotten proactive with your finances, which are a direct link to your livelihood that positively fuel your livelihood? Don't you and your business deserve that? Lisa offers a free 15-minute financial consultation to SickBiz members, so if you would like to get in touch with her, please visit the resources page on sickbiz.com and sign up for her consultation. Also, we are going to be offering the predictor of your money future test that we talked about today on the podcast blog, so make sure you hop in there and take a look at how your spending and money habits are predicting your future. You can get in touch with Lisa again on the SickBiz resource page. Lisa is changing lives. Why not start with yours? Did you like what you heard? Please listen, subscribe, share, and leave a review for SickBiz Buzz wherever podcasts are available. Reviews like yours give our show a boost and get our content into more ears all over the place. We want to thank the Good Men Project again for having our back, and we want to thank you for listening. That's it for this week's episode of Sick Biz Buzz. Thanks so much for joining us. Be well.